Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Welcome back, folks. It is Master Torgo here welcoming you to another Geek Shock flashback. In this case, we are flashback, flashing back to episodes two and three. Now, some of you wrote in that you enjoyed having the early episodes available to you. Glad, glad to do it. I'm glad to make them out there again. Uh, but if there was one complaint, it was that it's a bit short. When we first started doing it, we were only doing a half hour. We were still trying to feel it out and realize that we had a hell of a lot more to say, but the early episodes were only half hour long. So what I've decided to do now is to take two of those episodes, put them together so you get the full hour-long experience. Two old couch casts, as we call them, in for the price of one, which that price is free. But uh, I'm actually very excited to bring this episode to you in particular. This is a combination of episode two and three. So when the first one stops, keep listening because part three follows immediately. But what makes these special is episode two was recorded the day after Star Trek The Experience closed. And of course, uh, being a regular listener, you know that we were all part of the Star Trek experience back then. And uh, and it was a very uh, somber day for us, but a very, very moving, very powerful day. And the next day we got to talk about it a little bit. And what makes episode three so good is that that's the day that we talked about alien stories. Like I said, we all worked there, we all worked under costume, and we all have stories to tell about our favorite, most ridiculous moments interacting with guests at Star Trek The Experience. So if you're a Star Trek fan, especially of The Experience, these two episodes are gold. And, of course, we talk about the news of the day, which was casting rumors for the second Nolan Batman film. Uh, The Wii and its uh, overtaking of the uh, video game world. And so it's a nice look back at history. And, of course, all the original members are there. Uh, Myself, Master Torgo, 80s Jeff, uh, Famous Paul, and, of course, Dr. Vlarg. So please enjoy episodes two and three of Geek Shock. All right, here we are, folks. This is Couchcast 2, the Ugly Couch Show. I am Master Torgo. I'm the famous Paul. He's Jeff. Barry, Dr. Blark. And here we're just telling you to talk about all the good stuff going on in geekdom, kind of uh, up to the minutes. And uh, before we continue on in this cast, I want to uh, warn all the parents out there, don't let your children listen to this because you don't want them influenced by us. Parental advisory, explicit lyrics. Thank you. Thank you very much. Parental discretion advice for the moment. Speaking of up to the moment, Yesterday. Black Monday. Final day of... Star Trek The Experience at the Las Vegas Hilton. Beam aboard the Starship Enterprise. Battle menacing Klingons as you journey deep into the heart of space. And an experience (laughs) that can only be felt in the 24th century. Get drunk with Dr. Vlarg as he tells you what to do with yourself. (laughs) And you just pretty much got the experience in a nutshell there, folks. That's, uh, but no, it was uh, what a somber day. Ooh. It was. Uh, it definitely had a, a very uh, downbeat tone the very whole day. Bittersweet. Everybody was very respectful, though. I have to say, it didn't get out of hand. It didn't get. It didn't get nasty <laughs> until we called last call. Yeah, we better give them a little background on us and this experience thing. Yeah. For people who don't know us. All right. Well, okay. Um, uh, Master Torgo talking. I used to. I was one of the first Vulcans hired there. I was uh, Commander Steerbeck, and then uh, just uh, graduated in a regular Starfleet at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry and I were there from the inception of the place. Barry got hired on before I did, but we were both there on opening day, uh, January fourth, two thousand and or nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. God, I know. <laughs> I'm so old. 1998. Um, I've known you for far too long. I need new friends. We were open for 24 <laughs> hours that day. Yes. It was a long day. Long uh, day. I think I put in a 14-hour shift myself. In, in fact, fact, the name Dr. Vlar comes from my Ferengi character that I played for that's five right. and a half years. My email, Voha at Yahoo, comes from my Klingon character that I portrayed for almost nine years. Now, Paul, you went even further back than that. You, that's uh, true. You my first at, uh, Klingon yeah. experience was in 97, the summer of 97. I was a Klingon at 
Paramount's Kings Island for an entire summer. Gotta love Kings Island. Mm-hmm. Where is that? That's Cincinnati, Ohio. Ohio just outside friend. of Cincy. Yep, north of Cincy. That's right, D. Yeah, Todd and I went there uh, way back. What would that have been? Uh, like, uh, Dude, 90, I think I was just out in high school 92? at the time. Yeah, yeah. I know, it was like either our junior or senior years of high school, somewhere in there. I went there. Island is the shit. I, you, no, it was oh, our God. senior year because we had both just graduated. It was 90, So it had to have been 92, summer of 92. It was the shit. Back in 92, it was still pretty nice and uh, and, and, and a little bit on, beyond. So you guys but, are old uh, school theme park monkeys, but back to the experience, <laughs> um, <laughs> you were a Vulcan. Yeah. And you were bartender for how long there at the I, I was, well, I, I, as, as an employee, I was there for seven years. And, uh, I mean, I started as a server because I had applied for bartender. They said they would, uh, you know, hire me as a server. Or yeah, but you're spot. famous for slinging drinks. Yeah, knows yeah. He is the chief. The chief. Mm-hmm. Yes. M- more people chief, know me as chief. 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 Yes. You were the last I, name. I was, I was, my name was chanted, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Quite often that Everyone last day, the guy getting good. drunk. Yeah, well, you're, you're you're their best friend until you uh, cut him off. Last oh. but, uh, that's Ooh. that's the nature of bartending, anyway. But, uh, rare. On this guy. It's rare to hear last call in Vegas. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah. true, man. Very and, rare. Uh, yesterday was the final last oh. call, and there were a lot of teary eyes when that happened, we myself began. included. And then everything went up to the front of the experience where they did the decommissioning ceremony. Mm-hmm. Everybody that was still working at the facility got individually recognized. Mm-hmm. And it culminated at the end with the aliens and ended with April yes. being one of, one of the, the first, first hires, yep. hired. Not the, I guess she was the first hired yeah. actor, yep. And uh, so she was the, the last to amazing. leave uh, the facility. Yep. <laughs> it was ironic that, that the most applause during the whole ceremony were for three people, for April because she was the very last person, mm-hmm. and for Greg, also known as Greg, yes, and server extraordinaire in the bar, props, you know, many props to Greg, and you know, there's my shout out for him, and and for me, and for Jeff, yeah, <laughs> I was I was a little surprised that when I was standing in line, I was I was being all cocky, just you know, not really expecting it, but goofing around, I turned to, to uh, Joy, one of the servers there, and I go. Wait till they call my name. And I, was, <laughs> and I was like next in line. And sure enough, they call my name. And none of that at first, but as soon as I started down the ramp, big, big roars of applause. I was, I was shocked. I, I could not believe that I people were... I was in the press area. I wasn't surprised at all because people got to know you the best, man. Because people well, got to well, spend yeah. the most time with you. Me and, and, our, and, and another too. friend of the show, Darren. Darren, uh, oh, yeah, Darren got a lot of... Show. If Darren too. had got to walk yesterday... That would have been it. I, I, I think... Honestly, in in my heart of hearts, I believe he would have gotten the most applause because in the seven years that I've been there, you know, serving, bartending, etc., especially when Darren's not there, people walk up to me and he's like, hey, does Darren still work here? That's true. And he he was there almost nine years. Almost nine years as a bartender. Well, Darren and Dave got screwed. They really did. For the listeners out there, and if you were at the decommissioning ceremony, uh, you were missing two people. Darren and Dave, who are forced to stay down in the bar and do some closing work. Clean the bar. Golly. Thanks, L. Wow. What what a shaft. I won't even say her name. Ow. Oh, well. But you know. But uh, everybody came through, and then final speech made. They dropped the golden curtain. Mm. Thus, and that is how they opened as well. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, that. No, that I curtain. Know, that, was here I was there. That, that curtain was used in the opening. Then they and and it went the other way. It, wow. it, it it fell from the ceiling all the way down to the ground, and then was pulled away when they opened. Chad said, "Live long and prosper." And everyone in the crowd stuck their hands up in the Vulcan salute. Well, we started, the employees started it, he did that, and then we all saw him do it, so we did it, and then the crowd did it, and I about lost it. Dude, everyone and lost it. There were people it. near me, around me, that that were were crying like crazy. It was crazy. Boo-Hoo City. No joke. Yeah. All the way back to the media area. I didn't know, I didn't cry. <laughs> Especially I, I in the media very, area, very close, girl. but I didn't cry. But Klingons have no tear ducts, so I, <laughs> nature was in my favor Well, on well that count one. yourself fortunately, my friend. But fortunately, yeah, my friend. not a dry eye, and... Uh, not a, not so a dry beautiful. eye, not even a dry seat. <laughs> did you wet yourself? I did. Yes. I, I, I had the pens. But it was, it was very <laughs> sad, but, uh, uh, and uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, Castran oh, I love this. summed it up the best uh, of anyone. He gave a toast in the bar before everyone uh, 
and uh, this was about, oh, I did about, hear this. This was about five o'clock or so okay. in the afternoon. And he said, uh, he says, uh, this is, I'm paraphrasing again, but uh, something to the effect, uh, humans, humans, attention. I, I've seen lots of you humans crying and, and, and weeping over the past couple of months here, uh, leaving the station sad in the knowledge that we are closing. And he says, well, what you don't understand is that we've been here for 30 years. You see, once every 10 years, the Ferengi shut down the time station and move it back in time to 1998 and open it up all over again. We still know what we've done. We've still been through all this. You guys just don't remember it because we're messing with the time stream. (laughs) So while tomorrow may be sad for you because the experience is closing, for us, tomorrow it will be 1998 again. And we will be meeting you all again for the first time. So I thought that awesome. was very, very that sweet. Was awesome, very cool. awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully, within the next week or so, we'll have a special page on UglyCouchShow.com with that speech on it, which is just wonderful. And amongst other things... Did you things, get that on tape? The, uh, oh, that's I awesome. Uh, the oh, ceremony, various interviews with both fans and people that work the facility alike, both old and new. So uh, a lot of stories, a lot of remembrances, uh, a lot of... Gladness and sadness, yeah. and uh, you'll be able to catch it on the website. Oh, yeah. quick shout out to Chase Masterson who just gave me her CD. Uh, Chase Masterson. Barry just had Crystal dinner with Chase Masterson, ah, yes. Dabo yeah. Girl Lita. Yeah. Yep. From, very uh, nice. Very yeah. nice lady. Awesome. It was a DS9, yeah? And I got to miss it. Enjoy, enjoy her new CD. Excellent. There it is. All right, so let's move on to... Uh, let's move on to things less yeah. morbidly depressing. Yes, yes please. Okay. Less apt to make Okay, well, this, this one, I don't know how Barry's going to feel about this. I don't know how uh, Jeff's going to feel about this. I have a feeling I know how you're going to feel about this. Okay. So this is some of the newest... Uh, this came out of PAX okay. this weekend. Yes. Uh, Wizards of the Coast. Yes. Millionaires of the Coast. Are releasing on Le- Xbox Live Arcade. Uh-huh. Magic the Gathering. They are? Duels of the Plane Walkers. Oh, Lord. Oh. Which means just, just a single card pack or what? Go which which means what, that you're going to hold the, Okay, I just have a little bit of it, which tells a little bit. Is uh, it on Live uh, Arcade, you say? It's going to be Live Arcade oh with uh, with it expected to be, you know, you could buy more packs. Yes. Which is, you know, yes. horrendous. Yes. You, you can face off your deck, which you can manage visually with a deck manager against online opponent or a computer AI. AI is scalable, can ramp up to oh. a fairly difficult playability. You can also choose to play cooperatively, although it wasn't being shown off. And, uh, it, you know, it's about decimating your opponent. I will reserve so my judgment. They're promising online multiplayer and custom games as well as puzzles and challenges that might come in the form of mini-games. But yes, mm. essentially you would... Magic the Gathering online over Xbox Live. It's official. I will reserve my judgment until I find out how much it's like the real Magic Online. Well, if it's like the real Magic Online, then eh, maybe. Taking a look at it, I just caught some screenshots, but it looks very pretty. All right, it's because uh, I've I've done Magic Online and everything's just really small and compact yeah. and really hard to see. Yeah. Uh, what I saw of this looks pretty decent. Cool. But again, it's not what I I've played. It's a been, screenshot. It could I've be just. I've always been a... so tempted to jump online and and get into that. But yes, I found the interface off, the interface off putting always, and um, just the the thought of having all that information stored on my PC for mm-hmm. some reason, for some reason, game saves and things that I have on my console, I don't feel as nervous about as I do with stuff on PC. I feel like. PCs are inherently more corruptible than is, game consoles. Really, you think that someone's going to come in and I'm just and worried, hack your I'm gonna, cards? Or, or you know, that system's going to crash, and I'm going to lose, <laughs> you know, two hundred and fifty dollars worth of cards in one paranoid. evening. Paranoid. <laughs> You're paranoid. Well, there is that. I am paranoid, <laughs> but but regardless, I, I have been paranoid. so desperate to play. To play Magic the I Gathering I loved Magic. Again. I still have cards that have sat in boxes for now over a decade. I traded some Series 1 cards way back in my youth at college for some Game Boy games, uh, which I don't regret, but, uh, but I was a diehard. I, I played way back in the day a lot, and I, I love it. I remember hearing, hearing all those crazy legendary stories of the, uh, some of the early... Convention contest, you know some of oh, those. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah. Where they did the crazy loophole stuff, they had to close later on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The Black Lotus and all that kind of stuff. Cards that were completely broken. My favorite story I ever heard was uh, there was one card. Uh, I guess it's called it was something like Fireball. 
or something like that, meteor shower or something, whatever. Okay. Anyway, the the card, you actually had to physically toss the card. Stop right there and allow me to finish the story. Oh, here we go. It's called the Chaos Orb. I had one of these cards. Chaos Orb, yes, I think I still have it. The rest of the story is that when you flip the card, wherever it lands, it it destroys, it doesn't destroy, like, you know, you have to take the other card out of play wherever it lands on. Whatever card it lands on, yeah. Tore the card up. It's a very expensive card. At the time, it was like a $100 card. Yeah. Now, it's, you know, God knows how much it was. Um, tore the card up and sprinkled it all over everything. And at the time, the judge had to say, well, okay, I guess that's valid. You have to take everything out of play. Yep. Yeah. That's well, an awesome move. It's yeah, an awesome move. He shredded his card to confetti. It's an now, he sprinkled I, it all over the whole I bought one of those cards back in the day. For how much? <laughs> For, it was like 100 bucks back Whoa. then. Whoa. Okay. okay, I didn't have anything to do with my money in college. I you guess. Know, I, what did I have to do? Spend it on education? No. <laughs> Screw that. Yeah. UNLV. <laughs> you know. So, um... Let's hear it for our learning, everybody. I would, uh, I would play this card with my friends in Magic, and every time I'd pull that card out, they would spread all their cards all over the table <laughs> so that I could only land on one card at a time. I'd be like, no, you bastard, don't you touch the goddamn table. Don't you touch the table. You just wait. You put your hand, you sit on your hand, you sit on your hands. <laughs> oh, no. Jeff, do you, ever, Fights galore. do you ever play Magic? I, um, I don't think it was Magic I got into, per se. I, 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 a lot of my friends played it. Uh-huh. I, I, I'd seen them play it, but I never really got into Magic. Uh, there, was, there was one that preceded that that uh, my friends tried to get me into, which the name escapes me right now. And uh, well, I was given a couple of decks to get playing with, and, and they gave me like their extra cards. And, so and you I, I'm like, deck. you know what? This, this takes up too much of my time. I have other things to do. Oh, it was a time killer, all right. Oh, what, it was a what, money killer, What too. is it we don't so do that's not a time slash money killer? That's what it's supposed to be. I can remember, I can remember uh, many lovely hot summer days in Kentucky uh, up in my friend Troy and Tara's apartment. We'd play, we'd, we'd be watching Ronma One Half on DVD or on, on VHS. Ronma One Half would be playing on the TV. We'd be sucking on uh, Otter Pops because <laughs> Otter Pops. we had no we had no air conditioning up there. You want lands in the fridge and playing uh, playing Magic the Gathering all night long. I was usually I usually played uh, uh, Swamp Decks. That was my favorite my my favorite mana of choice. But I'm super excited to hear this. I cannot wait. I I got you know I I, I sated myself on uh, Pokemon for a long time. Yes, you did. Which yeah. is You're still, a girl man, which is still How a many? lot of fun. Pokemon's got a very similar rule set uh, to. How many uh, thousands of dollars of cards? Do I you didn't have, spend Paul? thousands of dollars. I spent okay, hundreds that's, of that's thousands. Probably, that's probably Rawl, another friend. Yeah, of the no, show. I, I I spent I spent hundreds of dollars on Pokemon cards back in the day, but uh, I had a ton of them, and I I loved it. I Hold loved on. that game. I'm having a vision of the future. I see Paul <laughs> buying this game for Xbox Live. And I see him talking me into buying it. Huh. And I see us playing it once. No, twice. Listen. And then I see us never playing it again. We play a lot of Cold Set. Don't we play a lot of Cold Set? That's oh, true. Yes, we play a lot of Cold Set. When's the last time we played Cold Set Saga? Probably a month ago. A month ago? Try three months ago. I don't think well, so. I, yeah, I admit, I haven't played yeah. it in about three months. I love it, but I got so much well, shit I gotta play. I'll tell you this. Uh, my system took a crap the last time we were playing a good game, and I really got upset about that. But uh, mm-hmm. my Xbox gets overheated sometimes. But, no, I'm definitely going to buy uh, Magic. Uh, Darren's Xbox just uh, crapped out on him. Oh, it's terrible. Like uh, about a week ago. It's, and that's, that's the second. And he's vowed it's, never again. Yeah, oh, okay, here's the story behind this, folks. Um, Darren and Todd and myself, all got Xboxes on uh, Xbox 360s on launch day. Yeah. Okay. Each of us. Well, uh, well, our Xboxes, De- Todd and my Xbox and Darren's Xbox crapped out the first time around Ooh. the same time. Yeah. Got the the Red Ring of Death. So we've we have each mailed our Xboxes in once. Okay. Now Todd and I, I would say what about. Five months ago, okay. our uh, Xbox went 360 went down again. Again. Ugh. Again. So the second time, we called them up. They said, no problem. Your warranty was extended. Ship it into us. We'll ship it back. Um, we win. So we did, get, um, we did get it. The first time, they just replaced it outright. The second time, they repaired the console that we had. Are you sure? Because they also repaired the front door, which was all wonky, yes. too. No, it's the same serial number. The first right. the first one, we got the a replacement with a different serial number. Well, anyway, 
And I told Darren that, and he's like, yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, haven't had any problems. Well, sure enough, months <laughs> <Today>. <laughs> later. Soon after. <laughs> months later, after that conversation, when I told him about sending ours in for the second time, he is getting um, an error message on his box, and then suddenly, red ring of death. So Jesus. and he's, he's on, having he... to send his in. Now, because of this, he's had been a big supporter of Xbox Live before this and the right. Xbox 360. Because of this, he said, I will still play Xbox Live games and mm-hmm. so forth. He says, but as far as purchasing new games... Did you lose an animal cracker? It's under his foot. lost an animal cracker under your foot. I'm sorry, continue. He said, because of, because of having to send his Xbox in for the second time, mm-hmm. he is no longer going to be purchasing new release games for the 360. He's only going to get them on the PS3. Well, his friggin' lost because they only yeah. release half the games for the PS3. I so. will eat an True. animal cracker in mourning for him. There you go. And their online is, is still not... Their online gaming with other... Well, yeah. We're all, we're all fans. Xbox Live is still the superior uh, service, online. no doubt. Yes, by um, far. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it is a shame. It's a shame that the hardware is just uh, because I mean it's brick, uh, brick ready. On brick, a technical standpoint, ready. yes, the PS3 is a far superior machine. The PS3 hardware wise is is way better than the 360. Well, where where Microsoft excels is the online for. development, the support, and everything else that Sony is still seeming to play catch up on, which I don't get. But. Well, okay, this and that kind of segues into this other piece I have. Okay, uh, pull. Uh, uh, epic game manufacturer, yes, uh, mm-hmm. Rod Ferguson, Cliffy B. He uh, told uh, Gama Sutra that the developer is approaching the upper end of what the 360 can do. Mm. The con- says the consumers won't notice for a few years yet, but uh, he, this is the, one of the producers of Gears of War Two. Yes, and he says the company's much further along with optimizing the console than it expected at this point. Oh, and it's uh, it's got room to grow, but for only for about two more years. But yeah. of course, you know that. Certainly well, falls within a next generation cycle. Well, I was going to say we're we're cycle. already approaching the end of this current generation cycle. I mean, you look at the original Xbox. That was what late two thousand to about five years. Been the general the general mo yeah. five to seven uh, since since about Super Nintendo days. And well, when the three sixty well, came out three years ago or four years ago now. No, I don't know. The, but uh, here here's the big question with it is. Uh, there, there was a big jump from last generation to this generation. Oh, it's yeah. just how, because it took advantage of new technology and so on. Yep. But is there going to be advanced enough technology in the home systems that the next generation is going to be that much of a jump? There's, there's talk that there might not be that 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 there. And well, the the Wii is proving that it's not necessary. You know, and this is and this is the, the thing Wii that people is are not discussing. proving anything. I'm sorry. Wii, what is the Wii, the Wii not proving? The okay. Wii is the Wii is catching on to people that don't play games. The Wii is but is getting people that Wii's don't normally play video games to play video games because they're simplified, stripped down, not very complex things. They, the Wii Wii's is for not kids. for gamers. The Wii Wii's is for, for the casual. The the board game player, the person that that says, "Oh, let's play Parcheesi or let's play uh, Scrabble." I, I disagree in the extreme. Well, you're well, wrong. Here's the thing: I don't, nec- <laughs> I, I don't necessarily disagree, but it's almost a moot point because game industry is is that it's a business industry, yes. and with that outselling um, what two to one. Yep. Uh, the other systems, uh, I don't think the industry is going to care what hardcore gamers but have to the say. Do, do you think the pay, Wii is the outselling because? It's a better system or has better games, or is it because it's so much cheaper than the others? I think it is a not a next-gen system. It does not have a lot of technical hardware inside of it. It's, it's not it a is a much cheaper hardware system to manufacture. Regarding its inner structure, no. But it is a next-gen system in the fact that it really adjusts the play philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's it taking advantage of And you're talking, I'm, you're talking to a guy here that is not bought into the Wii thing. I have played plenty of Wii games, I'm like, oh my god, this is a shit game too. Is this a semantics issue? Because I th- people well, I, I think to it is to an the extent. Wii into a group with the Xbox and with the PS3. And really, I don't see... It doesn't belong. It does not belong with the Wii and the PS3. It's a good point. It really doesn't. Because it is not a next generation console. It was released with them. Um, 
as far as manufacturing and, and actual product cost, the reason it is so much cheaper is because it doesn't have half of the advanced hardware that the, the 360 or the PS3 has. Mm-hmm. It is essentially the same internal structure as the GameCube. Like your, your graphics capabilities right. and your chips. It's just they've made some advancements in chip production, so they're actually to make it uh, able to make it cheaper and smaller. So it's game. So it's GameCube two point oh. It's it, yeah, exactly. It exactly. has a new interface feature. It does have the new the interface feature now. Which really I will is grant it tip top. that yeah. that the the motion interface is quite an advancement. It's kitschy, <laughs> but. Well. At the same time, it's kitschy. exactly, it's kitschy. It's kitschy. I kitschy. It was a niche that hadn't been filled. They filled it, and that's for a lot of people what's catching on. It has made it simpler for the average person that doesn't get into video games because they don't they don't like the complex gameplay. They don't they don't get deep into the story like the Wii like, fills like, a certain like niche many of us fills do. it very well. Now see, that's I, true. I'll see, give the Wii that. Listen, the, what you just said though, Jeff, I disagree with. It's not that they don't like complex gameplay. It's that they don't like complex interfaces. The, the controllers that we have, that we have become used to, mm-hmm. you know, 14 to 18 buttons, we can get our heads around that shit. Yeah. Joe Average picks that up, and he is intimidated, put off, and done in five minutes. The Wii understands this and limits the amount of input brain crazy necessity and puts it to a more connected... Well, that's, isn't that games? not the very, the very definition between the actual avid gamer and the But I'm the, saying, you can have a complex consumer. game. You can have a complex game with simplified controls. And that's, I mean, that's key. But that, that needs to happen more often, I think. Well, hold on. Just right the, there. Oh. Hold on right there. Because this goes even farther than you think. I mean, look <laughs> at PC have, gaming. There we go. You can have a complex game that has simplified controls, but it's never, ever, ever going to be as good as the uh, that complex game on a complex system. Well, case in point... RTS, that's where you're in going, point, right? I'm going RTS, All I'm right. going Diablo. Look at Diablo for the computer, and then look at Diablo for that piece of crap they put out for the PS or PS2. What system was it PS1. for? There's there's PS1. PS1. Who cares? Point is, it was you crap. Didn't. Did you play it? I played it. I played it, it's I vomited. It's not so good, yeah. Um, I vomited, <laughs> I ate that vomit, I tried to make it, it was terrible. Um... I mean, no game I was... has ever been as good as it will be for the computer if it was designed for the computer. Well, I think I think the argument that that we're making about the, the, this this last uh, this post though is that the next iteration of systems is not even necessary because we because like you're saying they're pushing the limits of what the 360 can do mm-hmm. graphically and uh, processing wise. Right. And well, they've they've also pushed part of that. I think. Uh, <clears throat> I think part of what he's referring to, without specifically saying it, is that the the 360 is a next generation console, but they went with a last generation storage medium. They they kept the DVD ROM drive, which yeah. you know you've got approximately nine gigs of storage. Now, not saying that there are games for the PS3 that are totally take advantage of it, but the Blu-ray drive has up to 50 gigs of storage. So nearly five times, more than five times the storage capacity on the disc that the 360 yeah. has. But storage the doesn't. What we're, well, that's not what well, we're talking no. about. What that, we're, ta- that, what we're that, talking about a- is that is that there's not going to be a necessity for a new graphics intensive system, as the Wii is proving. Graphics is not gameplay is the core thing. Well, the developers yes, that's see always that. been. The developers but the, see the graphics that business model. The, uh, uh, let me adjust that a little bit. I think that that's not entirely true because people who use a Wii on a high-definition system, like Jeff and myself, uh-huh. um, it's ugly. It's, looks it blurry. Ugly. It, it looks blurry. It just looks completely muddy. But it's not... Completely destroying your gameplay, but but most of the people don't have the high-end system. Right, but as time moves on, as time moves on, it will change. Will. But 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 from a business standpoint, it's well, easy, that's it's making more money. Government, you don't need failing mm-hmm. to to you know standardize the high definition format. Yeah. Or, you know when they should have. God I mean, damn how, how many years? How many years have have <laughs> they pushed back the uh, the digital mandate? I mean, it's finally right. now February of 09, but. 
you know, I remember when it was supposed to be 2004, 2005, 2006, yeah, sure. 2007. But damn it, they moved on. And then 2008. Yeah. But I guess they're actually finally putting their foot down. I mean, if you look back at the history of television, color television came in, you know, and the government said, okay, everybody's got to be broadcasting in color by this date. And they set their foot down, and that drove sales of color televisions. Well, if they had put their foot down and said, you know, we must be broadcasting digital by this time, that would have driven the sales of high-definition television, would have driven down the price much sooner, and I think it would be in more room, in more homes. There's a lot of this? I, I'm... there's a lot of history. Well, it, this goes to that that whole support for the systems, the next generation, the next generation systems. I think not everybody's embracing them as much because they're not seeing the graphics capabilities, and that oh, goes back okay, to the, okay. the Wii because they're too expensive and they're crap for what they are. The PS3 oh, is garbage. No. It's, uh, it's not garbage. Just just it is mismanaged. I think the government should. Send everyone an Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I agree. Mm. So that way we know where we've come from. God damn. So you damn can feel it. like you're playing the Wii, right? All in favor? Aye. 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 Make yeah. it so. And I still say an RPG should be developed for the Twenty Six Hundred somehow. Yeah. Somebody out there, make it your project. I really want this. I want an RPG I developed want, for an analog watch. I want Diablo for the Twenty Six Hundred. <laughs> they had that I think it was called Call Adventure it. no it was not that was oh. an adventure it was an RPG there were no adventure? stats involved it was, yeah, it was, it was terrible <clears throat> it was awesome. moving on All right, but actually, actually moving on this is actually brings to the close the Couchcast are you serious yeah, that's it. in the news today Although there's a few extra things I mean the Shield broadcast the final uh Season began tonight. Oh, oh, oh I, I didn't, didn't, get I didn't see tape it. it. So I recorded it. So if y'all got and want to see it, it's all ready for us after the show. That. We are watching no, it after this. Allow me to say one final thing regarding Trek. Uh, uh, yes, I uh, came out there as a fan in the beginning, closed it as an employee, and uh, to all the uh, people that have been there over the years that I've gotten to know, uh, thanks for all the years of great memories. Thanks for all the patronage. And thanks for being our friends. You're welcome, Jeff. <laughs> I'm glad it could help. <laughs> All right, folks, that closes out of Couchcast Part 2. And we get to Part 3 next week. In the meantime, I'm Master Torgo. I'm Paul. I'm eating animal crackers. <laughs> and I'm 80s Jeff. Have a week. Oh, wait. I stole Kevin Smith's line. <laughs> Without permission. Welcome back to CouchCast. I am Master Torgo. I'm the famous Paul. Dr. Vlog. 80s Jeff. And uh, this is uh, CouchCast 3. A uh, quick warning out there to parents, if you got little ones around, don't uh, let them listen to this because we can get foul. Parental advisory, explicit content. Thank you. Oh my God, never again. All right. I did that the last time. Last two times. Thank you very much. Did I do it on the first one? <laughs> yes, you did. I don't recall doing it on the first one. That's because you don't listen to our shit. I think you can <laughs> I bring your to children to, sh- to watch our show. Well, you can't, yes. You can bring to watch sometimes, uh, to listen to. Everyone likes to Depends watch. what you want them to learn. But a uh, quick shout-out to everybody who's been coming to the website to uh, partake in our memories of the last day of Star Trek, uh, the experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those that we interviewed, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, your feelings with us, and with the rest of the extended Trek family. Yes. So uh, as a kind of a last-moment shout-out in the couch cast, we're going to talk about uh, alien stories. <laughs> as uh, many of you already well know, we all have worked at Star Trek. And uh, three of us as aliens, and Jeef, of course, uh, worked with a lot of aliens. Don't I know it. But uh, very, not even, not very often, you'd never get to hear the true backstories of the strange interactions that some of the aliens have had with fans that were either overzealous, (laughs) or in some cases, not zealous at all. I know Barry has one like that, and so does Paul. (laughs) Oh, yeah. One I was there for, one I was not. But uh, some people like to play a little too much. Which one mm-hmm. are you referring to, Jeff? Uh, I, I think the incident with your ears was probably the funniest one that I, oh. I booked, that I actually was there to witness. I, you, I'm sure you have more stories, but 
that well, particular I played, one. I played a Ferengi. Now, if anyone knows what a Ferengi is, they're the very large-eared orange aliens who like money more than anything else. Well, I was there late one night, and it wasn't very busy that night, so I was playing with whoever I could. And I was sitting behind the host stand, and this one guy was rather zealous about wanting to touch my ears. And, of course, I'm like, no, you can't touch my ears, human. Go away. Ha ha. And he's like, come on, Frankie, let me touch your ears. Let me touch your ears. And he's drunk. And I'm like, well, no, no, you can't touch my ears. And that's gross anyway, because that's your erogenous zone. Yeah. For, I, for an alien, not you. Yeah. For a Frankie. <laughs> I don't know about him. Well, yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, well, no, you can't touch my ears. Go away. So he lays a $20 bill down. And, of course, Ferengi, money, hey. I'm like, look, all right. So I lean in to try and grab the 20, mess around with the guy. And then, of course, he grabs the ears. Both hands on the ears, full force, grabs these ears. (laughs) And tears them right off of the mask, which is no (laughs) small feat, believe me. (laughs) And tears him straight off the mask and runs up the stairs. And, of course, shocked. I'm like, uh, uh, in the, what am I going to do? So, I have to remain in character. So, I let out a blood-curdling scream. <laughs> and hold the ears and duck down behind the hostess stand. <laughs> the hostess throws the jacket over my head. And the, and the host guy... And, you know... Jeff told the rest of the story better oh, than God. I knew even. Yeah, Jeff, take it from here. This, the, yeah, I, I, was in the, I was in the kitchen area, which is uh, probably a good, you know, 100 feet or so from the host stand. And I just, I, I, we, I was at one of the hand sinks, and I just, I hear this scream, this blood-curdling scream. Ah! And I'm like, what the? And maybe five seconds later, the door to the kitchen swings open. And I see Barry with this coat. The, the hosts used to have this really ugly purple coat that they wore. It was like a suit coat, but it just... Anyway, I see this coat on his head, and I, I turn around and I'm like, what the hell, dude? He throws the coat on the floor, <laughs> holds up his ears in each hand, and goes, this guy ripped my fucking ears off. And he just holds them up, and I can't stop laughing. I'm just like, what the hell? That's pretty awesome. But, uh, oh, yeah. Paul, you, you, had, you had a little moment of, I mean, you're a Klingon. You're going to run into uh, some yeah. pretend yeah. violent Everybody encounters. wants to fight the Klingon. Yeah. Everybody wants to fight the warrior, right? right? Right. Great. Well, I used to indulge people by getting into a very tame version of a little ritual called the Bahatkul Challenge. The Bahatkul Challenge. <laughs> so the Bahatkul <laughs> Challenge on Kronos would involve spikes and fire kind of like arm wrestling where the stakes are raised okay infer what you will but basically it's putting your arms together kind of like in a circle like you stand and face the other person and put your arms up and the other person puts their arms up anyway it was very minimal contact and touching each other's uh what do you call this the forearms forearms yeah touching each other <laughs> thank you what do you call this what do you call this <laughs> i don't you know my body what name for part <laughs> anyway so um <laughs> you know, all the, start we start touching each other's forearms so i'm not grabbing these people i'm not holding them in any way right and i'm not using any kind of force i'm on the outside so i'm in control so if they push too hard i can just let you know let go you know whatever i'm not going to crush them whatever anyway and I just move around in the circle very lightly with them. And it was just kind of a ah, big show thing for their <laughs> friends. And if they wanted to play it up, I'd roll with it, you know. And, and, and eventually I'd, you know, set my arms to the side and be like, ah, oh, indeed, you are a strong warrior. I'd give them the benefit of the doubt. I'd totally tip my hat. Wow, you really can hold your own. Truly, you are a, are a warrior. You have the spirit of Kalos in your blood. I can, you know, great. Awesome. Do it I wasn't... with the voice. Do it with the voice. Uh, I don't know if I can... Go on. Truly, you are a warrior. There we go. Yours is the spirit of Kalos. <laughs> your heart burns with the fire of Kronos. This day, you have proven yourself worthy. So anyway, we're doing all that. <laughs> and uh, we, we do that. We go in a circle. Anyway, this one guy wants to fight me. And he's drunk. And this is a, a, a late evening thing again. I didn't realize how drunk the guy was, but I kept putting him off like two runs in a row because he was just, blah, Klingon, fight me, blah, blah, you have no honor, you patak, you blah, blah, blah. <laughs> anyway, 
He was giving me the go around. So I finally was like, fine, whatever. Let's do a little Bahat Cool. So I go to set it up and uh, kind of break it down to him. I, and again, I didn't realize how drunk he was or whatever. But anyway, we get into the Bahat Cool Challenge. Suddenly, he grabs my arms, Lord, grabs my forearms, holds me, and starts kicking my feet out from under me. Okay? <laughs> and I'm on three-inch platform boots as it is. So he kicks me the first time, and I'm okay. But I'm like, whoa. And then the second time, whoo, boom, and I'm down, right? And I came down pretty hard. And then he grabs my one arm, keeps my one arm in his hand, and kind of, he, I still have a catch in my left shoulder. He pulls my left arm up. As I'm on the ground, pulls my left arm direct, right up into the air and puts his knee in my neck. And my fake forehead is kind of hanging <laughs> off me now. It's coming off the ridge of my brow line a little bit. Uh, so, and I'm on the ground, just kind of, I'm just, I'm jacked. He, Aikido chopped my ass. All right. So I'm down on the ground and he's, do you yield, Klingon? Do you yield? And again, like Barry said, we have to stay in character. So I'm on the ground, my head's falling off. I look up, I say, Never! <laughs> and I'm so angry at this point, I'm beyond angry. I, I could have shit nails at that point. It wouldn't have surprised me. I was so livid. So anyway, he finally let me go. I stood up and stormed off before I murdered him. And then they finally kicked him out, I think. We should have called Metro on his ass. We should have had him arrested for assault, but... That's not how they ran things back in the day. <laughs> oh, no. no, we weren't really protected or looked after very well. But alas, that was that. But I, I certainly did my. But that was the last Bahat Cool challenge I ever did. Uh, I never. Uh, he I ruined the You did the one fun. with a kid after that, like a like a real Maybe small once. Kid. kid. Maybe once with a tiny baby child. No, Maybe. they implemented security measures to keep us safe, and those security measures consisted of us saying saying red alert very loud whatever and so that our big swollen security guard can come over and protect us <laughs> wait what security guard yeah they cut Swore. back on security to the point where they had no security guards finally it was i do not recall ridiculous. this thing you call a security guard yeah there used to be but it stopped <laughs> except maybe fred oh, anyway, another day another day so that was the that was my payment i tried to do what i could do fred was good people man mm-hmm. yeah fred was good he's just long-winded <laughs> yeah, so that's that the last that. person yep, finding so out all long, no, long-winded. It was so funny because, like, for seven years, Fred's fun and he's fun to talk with sports and stuff about. But for seven long years, every time I'm walking out of that place, Fred's like, "So I hear they're closing this place down finally. I hear we got about six months left." <laughs> and here it's like, "Okay, Fred." Yeah. And then after like the sixth year, you just like, "Yeah, yeah, this place is never going to close." And well. He ended up being right. Well, well if you say it go. enough times, eventually you're going to be right. Stop. Stop. I got one for you. The sun's going to blow up. In <laughs> a few billion years. No, dude, we could tell Star Trek The Experience stories for days. This could be Star Trek The Experience, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Really no doubt. Well, I do remember when I started as a Vulcan that it was the grand game to make the Vulcans laugh. Oh, yeah. That, that was the, the challenge. I remember it was me, Amy, who else? Oh, up on the ride? Uh, no, that when they actually started doing a little bit of character work. Oh. Uh, there was a, before they actually allowed uh, a Vulcan to actually be a permanent character on the floor, there was a time where they would bring the Vulcans out for a few hours in the day toward the uh, mid-afternoon, oh, right yes. around uh, I was, I was shift gone change. Most of that time I for, never, for ever while. really got to play with you. Yeah, I was gone. I, I left briefly and came back um i was gone for about eight months yeah and paul started working in retail when he first got back i did that's, I that's where i met retail him for six months and then i finally got back into the character ranks i paid my dues buddy it was yeah. the grand game to make the vuha laugh yeah good luck yeah there was there was no making you laugh nope. you were just miserable yeah at the end there Angry. For a while. Well, people made vuha laugh but well, he was, he was all miserable. there were one or, there were one or two days uh one or two times when I, I got the giggles. The one time I absolutely lost my stuff. <laughs> they had an employee health fair for the, for the employees of the Hilton. What? Down, oh, yeah. down, at the, down at the far end of the convention area. So I went down there with uh, my other Ferengi pal, Quan, And uh, they had uh, those, uh, um, now I'm free to see the world. What do they call those things? 
Rascals. Okay. So they had, Jesus. They, <laughs> they oh, had no. rascals there, right? No. So. Oh, so, no. so fucked up. Well, that's a dumb. That, that commercial always blew my mind. Have you ever seen that commercial for no. Rascal? Okay, so it's got the Rascal on on, on, on on Liberty Island, on, on the Statue of Liberty's Island. Liberty around Island. Here, is, it, is it called Liberty Island? No, that's in Grand Theft Auto. What's, what's, the, what's the island? That's <laughs> no, it's called Happiness Island. You douche. Is it? Well, yes. What's the what's it's the island? Liberty Island. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. I don't know fantasy from reality. Anyway, what it's this shot of an old lady in a rascal scooter, you know, um, driving around in a circle <laughs> slowly on the island where it's the Statue of Liberty is. And it's oh, Jesus, <laughs> damn! And it's from a it's from a, a big helicopter point of view, right? And the helicopter's like pulling away, and you see the island, and everything. And you see her just doing a slow circle on this island, and it's all now I'm free to see the world. And it's supposed to you know give you this sense of empowerment that hey, this thing can go anywhere. But I'm looking at this like you're <laughs> fucked, lady. You're stuck <laughs> on an island. <laughs> you're nothing on the Hovercraft capabilities. You're done. <laughs> That's it. When battery charges out, you are stuck. Anyway, that always <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> you're free to you're free to die. Anyway, so <laughs> there's those scooters there at this at this convention. So, so my Ferengi buddy gets on one, right? <laughs> okay. And starts tooling around the convention oh, floor. No. Yeah. Oh, no. mm-hmm. Now, normally this would just infuriate me as a Klingon. I'm like, oh. Curse you, Ferengi, you fool. Get out of that, you know, girl, whatever. What are you doing playing with the human's transport? Leave that be. Uh, but the two guys who were running the scooter area were like, hey, aren't you going to go get him? I'm like, well, I... And they're like, here. And so they gave me <laughs> no, no. A, bigger, a bigger scooter. So I got my giant Klingon butt on a big old scooter, and I had my bat left with me, right? Oh, no. And there was a, there was a no. bass cart in the front of it, so I put my bat left on the front of this bass cart. This thing suddenly turned into the death mobile. It was awesome. I had this killer sharp Klingon weapon on the front of the scooter round. So I'm like... Volcanus! I shit this bad boy, and I'm rolling, right? So I'm rolling, and I come around the corner and face him with this modified scooter of death. He loses his mind laughing, and I also, the preposterousness of it all was just too much, too much to bear, and I just giggled the rest of the whole time, just chasing him around on a scooter with my bat lip on. Come back here. Where do you think you're going? <laughs> So that was one time I could not contain my laughter. Because, I mean, first, I think those things are ridiculous anyway. Scooter right. rounds make me laugh. Because it right. made me think of that lady who's going to die on that island. And more, <laughs> and more than that, it's just a Klingon chasing a Ferengi on one. Well, if, what happens if when Klingons get old? Up, Do you think they have uh, scooter rounds? There are no old Klingons. No, yeah, there's no old Klingons. They go to die. They die in battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On scooter uh, rounds. They go die in on battle. On scooter island. Yeah. Down on Scooter Island. When a Klingon gets old enough, they put him on a scooter round and stick him on an island. And they that's it. Die. Now you're free to go to Grethel. Stolen floor is not for you. Here is your scooter. That's right. So that was the one time that I really <laughs> lost my mind in Giggle, giggle Land. I was just like, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I was doing it. <laughs> like I'm in the middle of the funniest thing ever to happen ever, and oh, I don't God. have any way of capturing. This. <laughs> Were you there the night they had the, the, the AOL party and they had the guy in the AOL costume and freaking yep. Bleeg and Quan were running and calling him all, mm-hmm. all and hey all all over here. Oh, <laughs> and they, no, that's the Anytime <laughs> we met other fuzzies, it was crazy. We were like, ooh, things like us. But of oh, course, all we their were, fuzzy things were great. We were playing it to the hill, and rarely were they. They were, you, you know, most oh, of the they never were. Never Cleopatra, Cleopatra was just like, Caesar. Oh, what do you guys do? Puffing on cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> 
You remember the days when we had those big parades when you got stuck? Oh, that was the greatest. <laughs> that was the greatest. They had this a big float. parade down on Fremont Street, and I actually oh. got stuck pulling a float. It was great. It was <laughs> Me Caesar and, a couple other and Cleopatra, and it was uh, King Tut and Isis yep. mm-hmm. and uh, the poker guy and, and all those guys and all these big Nubian dudes, right? Yep. And these the centurions and freaking Voha, right? <laughs> Yeah, hey, he looks strong. Go put him on the yeah. put put this I fool in these lift stupid rope. I'm carrying, and I'm I am a tubby, weak nerd. <laughs> but when I wore that garb, it disguised a lot of stuff. What was flab looked like muscle, and I and I sucked in my gut like nobody's business back in the day. And they you know had him hauling a float. They put a rope to him like a slave, and they had him hauling a float. And who'd they have him hauling on that float? Yours truly, the Ferengi. <laughs> and they had the Ferengi throwing gold coins and shit to, to, to little kids and stuff. And so I was nailing these little kids in the head with these little gold coins. Here, you little bastard, have some chocolate. Nyah! He was. It was the greatest experience ever. Huh? <laughs> some lady came to the bar one day looking for Paul. She's like, where's that big wrestler-looking Klingon? The one with the great ass. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like... Cho- cho- choking back now, the, the laughter. And I'm now, like, the great ass mean, is me. The great you ass mean is all mine. I'm not a wrestler, ass. though. But no, those uh, those those form-fitting uh, pants that I wore did my booty some favors, it's true. <laughs> Perhaps I'm not quite at the uh, 27-year-old level that I was, now at 33, but there was a time there where I got a little toned. And, and standing in those platform boots for a, a long time, yeah. I gotta say, the out. experience... Where's those glutes? Yeah. The experience was good for me. For women, you you're yeah, legendary. You, you you were ridiculous. <laughs> it was pretty crazy, yeah. which is weird. Orange directly to my teeth and blue nails. Well, but Steve Biggs would call it CB two thousand, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Cockblock two thousand. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, Biggs. Uh, there's a, right. there's other. That's a whole other podcast. That's a, that that's really a, that's, a, that's a dirty dirty podcast. I, well, we'll I will say I have time. one real amazing – there's one point, and this never really could happen before or after. They did, uh, it was probably a few months after I got in there. They kind of changed the hours of everybody that was up on the ride, okay. all right, where they, we went to 10-hour days, essentially. But the end of your shift and the beginning of the shift, that was when they moved a whole bunch of Starfleet people – out into the attraction, out into the Hilton, yep. to kind of drum up... Uh, kind of do some promotional stuff. Yeah, just promotional stuff. Well, I remember us Vulcans and, the, uh, and, and particularly uh, Krulk, uh, Major Colin, and uh, Bleeg, and some of the Starfleeters, we got together and started doing these soap operas. Literally, like, each day we'd say, okay, these are the story hits that we're going to do in this half hour. Then you come off half hour break, and then you do mm-hmm. the rest of the story the next hour. This is what eventually led to my character being killed. I, uh, this whole thing, it was this, I dropped a Krulk with the Vulcan neck pinch in the middle of, uh, yes. of uh, Quarks. Mm-hmm. And this led to this whole big mystery, because all of a sudden... My Vulcan was found, well, what was left of him was found in an airlock five, ah. you know, green guts and all. And the, there became this huge murder mystery of who killed Steerback. Yep. And so different times we'd say, okay, these are the clues that we're going to hit. Make sure this happens, this happens. And we end up doing this whole almost psychodrama mm-hmm. where Steerback put uh, his memories into... Lieutenant Hicks, and which was mine, melded out by uh, Takayla, and, and just this monster <laughs> thing. And they ended up taking away this whole promotional thing after about probably three weeks. Yeah, it didn't last long. It didn't last very long, but just enough that we could do this monster Star Trek mystery story that some of the guests really got into. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I really missed that aspect. I wish that there could have been some sort of written canon from then on with yeah. some of the aliens. It was really hard because every day was a reset button, you know. Yeah. In a lot of ways, you really had to kind of hit the people from the start again. But but behind the scenes, we really carried that on. I, that really was the start of a lot of talk of mysteries. We actually had Voha Mysteries. Do you remember that, Barry? 
the Vohav Mysteries. I don't remember Were you there that. for that? We used to do the Vohav Mysteries as though I were like a Miss Marple kind of character. <laughs> and it was only <laughs> it was only backstage that we'd do this stuff. But it was just like Todd, the Ferengi Todd. Murder like, he wrote? What? This week on an all-new Vohav Mysteries, <laughs> Vohav finds, finds a clue he can't explain. <laughs> this Bolian footprint <laughs> is not the correct shape. And then it's like... And then we just riff on stuff, you know, the whole time. You know, like, it's like the Cosby murder. But Voha knows. This marble, but cracker. Yeah, it'd be ridiculous. <laughs> but Voha knows every mystery has a riddle inside it. So the killer loved Andorian women. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. It's like, and just dumb. And so Voha Mysteries was the thing we'd do for our amusement backstage, and that was a direct descendant of... Uh, the mysteries that you guys were doing before Steerbeck got killed. That's so cool. Well, mm-hmm. at, least it, at least it wasn't Vong's mysteries. <laughs> no, that was no. a running gag of my father, Vong. <laughs> the 23rd oh, no. century Klingon, the happy-go-lucky 23rd century Klingon. You ever heard about this? In passing. Yeah, so Vo- Vong, Vong and Voha would meet one day through some kind of temporal anomaly. Ha-ha! Why Voha, my son? <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> I am back from a temporal rift. I, you'll be happy to know, I have just purchased a great tract of land on Praxis. Oh no! <laughs> and so, <laughs> what? What's the matter? What? Oh, huh? <laughs> Why so glum? <laughs> you yeah, Boha. <laughs> Is everyone still learning Klingonese? <laughs> We just call it Klingon now, Dad. It's just... Uh. <laughs> I mean, seriously, how embarrassed would 24th century Klingons be of their 23rd century brethren? That's that was awesome. an episode that they never got what around to. That's the, best thing, the closest they did was having Voha or having Worf, you know, being like, they are Klingons, and it is a long story. We do not talk about that. Murr. Great. The, but you uh, talked about Chrono, it, and that's Chronos just awesome. was originally yeah. Kling. Uh, yeah, Kling, yeah, Kling. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm going back to Kling soon. <laughs> so we call it Kronos now, or the home world, but not Kling. <laughs> 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 well, there you have it, folks. A little behind the scenes for you of uh, the Star Trek alien world. Of course, if you know, if you have questions, there, I mean, there, there's some things we might not be able to answer, but uh, some things we might. So if you do have questions, just send us uh, comments we can't answer. at UglyCouchShow.com. <laughs> and there you are. So uh, you know, drop us a line. If you want to know something about how something worked or didn't, please <laughs> so let, let us know. Like we Barry. are fully functional. <laughs> Barry didn't work. Oh, boo. Boo. All right. So just a few little news pieces I want to hit before we sign this out. Um, you know that I brought... Uh, to the uh, Ugly Cat Show itself, I brought e- Evil Dead the Musical. Yes. yes. All right. Yes. Very, very cool. Which is being made into a movie, right? That's what I have right here, folks. Ooh. Not, not brought to you in by... 3D! But this is by somebody that has experience in 3D. Oh. Has one of the greatest 3D, 3D movies ever created is going to be doing this. Uh, his name's Don Carmody. This is the guy that created Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. No! <laughs> that movie is so terrible. Wow. Ugh, it's painful. Never saw it. It's oh, got Molly it's, Ringwald in it. And that's about the best you can oh, see. It's, it's fun it's, in a bad way, though. It's, I, I, I <laughs> recorded it in HD a couple months back, watched it. it it's, yeah, I'm it's like, fun. why are you recording this? I've never seen it. Okay, well. I have seen it, but I, I hadn't seen it since I was oh. like eight. So... <laughs> But uh, he's in talks with Raimi to bring the musical to screens in 3D. Wow. Uh, he hopes to shoot in the spring once he gets all the rights worked out. Uh, let's see. He wants to use, but he wants to use much of the original cast for the film version, which, uh, you know, that includes Bruce Campbell. And, uh, oh, I thought he wanted to use the original uh, musical cast. No, no. He wants to use the movie cast. Really? Hmm. I don't see that working. Well, that's kind of disappointing Bruce Campbell? from the theater standpoint it'd be nice to see the theater kids get a shot but bruce campbell i, I never gonna say no to him yeah i mean yeah. bruce campbell apart from Left being the a lot win. heavier but than... that's another thing if you can convince all these people to do it i mean they do the convention circuit you know talking yeah. about I, they, there was even a few years back uh, the ladies of the evil dead series all the ladies got together and that's did awesome. this whole signing talking thing but uh i'm excited the prospect of a movie i don't know if it's going to happen because there's a lot of hurdles i'm sure that uh have to be jumped. 
Yes. But uh, if you can get Sam Raimi on board, I'm sure that'll help a hell of that a lot. That would rock. Yeah, that'd be pretty easy to start getting opening some doors, I'd say. All right. Uh, now, next week, uh, there's a few uh, game releases. They're pretty much for the same for PS3, Xbox 360. You got uh, Pure, Wii, <laughs> yay, and uh, Star Wars, Wee. Force Unleashed, comes out yeah. next week. And that, that's, that's why I wanted to bring it up, because you have the most meh response to this. And honestly, the reviews that have come out so far have actually been good to meh. I've heard bad now. I'm hearing a lot of... Yeah, I'm hearing some good, but I'm hearing some bad, too. Thank you. Finally, I'm justified. Well, you guys gave me crap about this it. This is the thing. The demo was awesome. But it was apparently, that you were, demo... Yeah, well, you were booing the demo, though, Barry, and that didn't have anything that had you know any actual game footage in it. That just, that just goes to show that I know more than you people. No, oh, the demo, the thing about the demo, the playable demo, was apparently that is a buffed up, hardcore, super-powered version. You don't get that strong for a long time through the game. And that was, mm. that was the fun of it right there. I don't want to play a gimped out. You want to start out as yeah, a, as a learner? Like a, you want to be the master. And I want to be a Jedi pimp the whole way through. I don't want to be <laughs> slogging along. Going, so that tells me, is that all there is? Yeah, apparently that's pretty close to high level. Well, I mean, you're throwing TIE fighters around. What more do you do? Is this all there is? <laughs> I know, yeah. It's pretty is much there nothing I'm, more. I'm, okay, I'm, there's the Star Destroyer. So that's yeah, it. I'll but that, just heard play that's the awful. Demo. I'm going to keep the demo on my hard drive, and that's about it. Yeah, all right. I think that's it. Really? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to buy it new. It's on, gonna, my, it's on my Gamefly queue. We'll, we'll bring it in that That'd way. be fun to play together and see how it goes. I'd like to actually play it and see how it goes, but I'm not going to buy it right off the bat anymore. I was. No longer. All right, and uh, I'm going to throw out one uh, one uh, last question as we have to wind this cast down. Here it is. It's fall. What show? Number one, just one show are you most looking forward to? You get to choose one. Coast Pushing God, Daisies. One. Pushing Daisies. Boo. Pushing Daisies. And listen, 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 what? Listen, Boo, listen, have listen, you guy. watched it? Yeah, I, I gave up on it like halfway through the first Why? season. Why? It was boring. Oh, boy. How many episodes did you see? I think I saw about six to eight episodes. Really? That was almost a whole season. Yeah. No, oh, for goodness sake. Well, I love Okay, it. well, how about you, Jeff? What are, what are you looking for? God, do I have to pick just one? All right, I'll come um, back to you. Barry, what you got? Battlestar Galactica. That's not till next yeah, year. That's not till January. You got something this, this uh, season, <laughs> this fall oh, season? Oh, I'm sorry. Dead totally got me into Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> now I'm looking forward to it. Okay, how about this? Um, I, I, I totally got into Weeds. Now I totally want to see the next season of that. Uh, I'm not really following anything that closely to look forward to it this season it, right now, now, now. Anything new that looks good to you? True Blood. Well, there you go. Just no, well, well, we shaking your yet, head, Paul. It doesn't look that good. I just watched the first episode. Oh, it did, did it speak to you? It was, it was media, well, here's, and, here's the Anne minute. She just, <laughs> my, my wife just got done reading the first uh, two of the Twilight books. Okay. And apparently it's so close, it's not even funny how closely this yeah, True Blood Yeah, but this series has been, been in... Production for a while. Well, the I'm talking about the novels. The novels have been around True longer Blood? than Twilight. True Blood has. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, True Blood is based on I think the Twilight novels. I, no, it's they're not. not. It's no, not no, a True Blood. No, novel. Tw- no, tw- no. True Blood is based off a series of novels. Ah. Yeah. And uh, these novels have been around I think since uh, the early '90s. All right. Yeah, well, if I remember right. Then They've been around for a while. Somebody's stealing from somebody because it's very, very, very close. That's. What my wife's been telling me when she was watching, she was underwhelmed. What was the name? She's of big that? Twilight. They were first published in two thousand one. Uh, it's, it's the uh, after. Okay. It's I think it's the uh, the dark series. Like after, like dead, dead, Suki dead Sa- till dark is the first one. Suki Stackhouse is the main character in the Southern Vampire Mysteries. It's a series of eight books written by New York Times bestselling author Charlene Harris. They were right. first published in two thousand one. Ah, two thousand one. Thank God Way for off. Google. Yeah, yeah dead no until joke. Dark. All right, now find out when Twilight started. We're gonna solve this now. Twilight. He got one in his hand. Is something that Where'd I you get misspelled. that, Jeff? That was free uh, at the True Blood Comic-Con. panel. It was oh. the, the freebie they gave us. Cool. The Twilight series is written by Stephanie Meyer, and I misspelled it, so I can't get to Google this right now. <laughs> and I'm sure any la- ladies listening to this cast right now are going, you shouting the answer at the radio as we speak. Yeah, well, I guess... I can't we, hear you, ladies. It's a couch cast. I don't know. Uh, I don't know which... Can, that's a chicken and an egg kind of thing. I mean, I was like, it's okay for what it was, and I'm sure it'll ramp up as we go. It started off kind of cool. Um, we'll see. My well, wife was nonplussed. Well, mine has already begun as well. It's the shield, man. That first 
episode of the final it. season you of still The have Shield it on here, the new one. I think I nixed it. Arg! But it becomes effects. They replay it over and over. I know, again. but yeah. I don't catch it. Twilight is a young adult vampire novel written by author Stephanie Meyer, originally published in 2005. Oh, ah, there it is. There you go. So uh, Suki Stackhouse gets a first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Twilight's the one that, that, that had the huge line at Comic-Con. Yes, that's where the, uh, the Twilight MILFs live. They're ridiculously long line. Twilight Moms, they were called. Twilight Moms. Some Twilight of them were Twilight MILFs. Some of them were Twilight MILFs. Shout out to the ladies. Some of them were MILFs in their Twilight years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, The Shield, oh my God, I've enjoyed every single season, and this one looks to be no less than prior. Awesome. Yeah, I love that shit, that series, too. I don't, I don't have... want to talk about it anymore because I want to ruin anything All right, for you. great. No, I can't wait. I love it. I love it. I love that show. So get you some chiclets. People are always people are always like, oh, we should be watching The Wire. And I know I need to watch The Wire. Yeah, same here. I know I need to watch it. Hey, but... has, any, has anyone heard anything about Sons of Anarchy? I love yeah, my yeah, yeah. I have. I've recorded it. I haven't watched it yet. Okay, just asking. Okay. Hey, what about that final question you wanted to ask us that you emailed us, you texted us? Yes, I did. I set up this whole question because MTV keeps uh, throwing out all these ridiculous rumors. Right. But we are already past time, so we're going to oh. save the Batman shit all until right. the next Couch okay. Cast. So till then, folks, I am Master Torgo. I'm the famous Paul. Dr. Vlog. Keep dragging. <laughs>